The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Seven minutes after eight, happy Heritage Day. It's the 24th of September and Heritage Day in South Africa is a public holiday where all South Africans are encouraged to celebrate our rich and varied cultural heritage, our beliefs, our traditions, all of that that makes up the nation of South Africa. Now, our cultures and traditions are influenced by the places and the people around us. And as time goes on, the value of having a cow is suppressed by having money and weddings and funerals are influenced by western cultures and the like and on the forum at eight this morning we are asking have our cultures moved with the times are we confused at this point about who we are what we are what our heritage entails and is it such a big deal at the end of the day or is it just you know human nature and life taking its course evolution happening love to hear from you this morning just looking at some of the message messages coming through i can't help but wonder whether we are perhaps as south africans slightly harsh on ourselves and 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 whether we expect things to always be done correctly right here and now uh without thinking that maybe in time we will get there maybe my perception of this is wrong as i say love to hear from you it's heritage day 0891104208 so have our cultures moved with the times and it doesn't matter what your culture is if there's a practice in your culture that you think maybe is now outdated then i would love to hear from you about that and just as an example yesterday uh, the team was having a discussion about this particular topic and one of the examples that was put forward was that of uh, the tansi uh, You know, when people are, uh, when Lobola negotiations are done, one of the things, one of the gifts that people bring is this grass mat. Uh, It's called a tansi. And apparently this was given for the bride and groom to sleep on, you know, way back in the day. So because there were no beds. And now that we have beds, shouldn't we be giving beds instead of bringing the grass mats as a gift kind of thing? Those were some of the questions that were being asked. So we are asking you today, is there anything specific in your culture that you think has perhaps not moved with the times that should move with the times? Or are you happy with things as they are? And uh, are you one of those proponents who believe that we should hold on to our culture with all our might? So that's what we're discussing this morning. And joining us for this conversation, we have on the line with us uh, Goko Moyo, who is a Sangoma. Thanks for speaking to us once again, Goko Moyo. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll also have another guest joining us. She's just making her way to studio at the moment. So as soon as she comes in, uh, she'll join in the conversation. And that is, of course, Ms. Nom Samazwai. We'll tell you a little more about her when she joins us. Now, Gogo Moyo, when we look at, you know, heritage, the day that we are celebrating today, what does heritage mean? What is heritage? What is culture? What is identity? And how do all of these link to one another? Heritage, culture, individuality, um, celebrating the clan, the group that you were born from, um, that's basically what we're supposed to be celebrating today. Um, not so much um, the, the festivities around it of buying and having a jaw. Um, um, heritage is, 
It's what makes us who we are. It's what makes us South African. And for as long as we identify and we acknowledge uh, those aspects of our culture, that is what's going to make us grow as a nation and a country because we will never be able to forget where we come from. And that's how we'll be able to grow um, and embrace uh, who we are as, as, as a country. You see, one of the things that I've always wondered about, and I'm sure by now most of our listeners know that one of my favorite shows is Our Perfect Wedding. And I could never Mm -hmm. understand why there is a need for a traditional wedding as well as a Western wedding, so to speak. You know, what does this mean? Does it mean that we are confused? Does it mean that, you know, we have adapted to certain changes in our lives? Please explain to me why there is a need to have two or more weddings uh, to celebrate the same thing, really. It's very important to have these weddings as we celebrate different things within them. Because when we have the traditional wedding, that's when we are, like, making both sides of the ancestors, your, the, 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 the groom side and the bride side, to, to meet each other and to become one, literally, uh, through the practices and the ceremonies that you'd be conducting for the traditional ceremony. Um, whereas it's also great to be moving with the times because you also want to celebrate um, your wedding in, 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 a, in, in, in like a white wedding, like the modern way, it, whereas you would be able to invite more of your other friends um, who are not into the same culture that you're into. And that is great because it's almost as if um, it, it also legitimizes your wedding even more when you celebrate it in a Western way, uh, in a white wedding way, because you also get to enjoy some of the other rituals and, and, and ceremonies that other people have have been going through all, all along, like the throwing of bouquets, the pulling of the, of the gutters and stuff like that. All of those also make add their own special touches to the wedding. Uh, but also one of my questions is, why would I want to throw a bouquet? What is the significance of mm-hmm. throwing my bouquet? You know, and and it's almost like it's a, it's a very good debate because um, yes, it's fun to be doing those things, but then again, what do they actually mean when I do those things? In comparison to when I have a traditional ceremony, I'm going to slaughter a goat, and I will know the the, the, the reason why. You exactly. know, I will definitely know. In comparison to why would I be in a white dress? As much as also people are also changing um, and, and wanting to be very different and modern, they end up changing their wedding colors, the wedding dress colors. You know, uh, and that significant. Uh, it, it gives a different meaning to to them as a bride and wanting to be unique and different. So it's very important to celebrate both, but also understand why you'd be celebrating the second half of your, of, of your wedding uh, in the white sense, you know. Mm. And, uh, of course, as I indicated earlier, Ms. Nomsa Mazwai is now in studio. She joins us as uh, we take this conversation forward. We are asking you this morning, have our cultures moved with the times? And I know some people get really hot and bothered when you ask that because there are those who would always want to hold on to culture in its purest form, as it were today, uh, by you know, with all their might. But at the same time, Sometimes it just seems inevitable that you would somehow be moved and and, and start integrating other cultures into your culture as you assimilate into broader society. So uh, Ms. Nomsa Mazwai, who is an artist, she's an author, social activist, and also the director of M. Tonjeni Arts. Thanks for coming through this morning. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me, and hi to all your listeners. And Uh, you look absolutely (laughs) stunning. Thank you. You Thank you. I've gotten my uh, print on double, a two-piece. It must always be a two-piece, my older sister tells me. Um, Did she tell you why? 
And it's just because it just must always be. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm celebrating my heritage as an African because that's what I see myself as. And um, so I've taken from the African continent. And uh, later on, I'll be integrating. I'll be involving my uh, Kosa culture on my face. So people tune in uh, onto TV. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say which one. No, no, no. No, no problem. <laughs> tune in to SABC2 from 10 o'clock and then you'll see the whole outfit. Oh, fantastic. But, but I like... Uh, you know what you just said and I want to pick up on that you said um, it must be a two piece my older sister says so and I asked you why and you said no but she says so and isn't that the thing about culture and where we always say it is that because somebody said so they said it must be such mm. we, uh, do we not ask questions beyond that in terms of the significance that I was just talking uh, to Gogo Moyo about you know do you think that we ought to be asking more questions about our culture? Definitely. I think the more that the more we ask questions, um, the more we're going to have to create institutions that uh, begin to answer those questions. And I think that's important in, in South Africa at this particular moment, um, that we do create those spaces where young people can go and inquire, can go and find out. You know, now I do have my cogos on my face all the time, but mm. and I do different styles. And I lived in Hamburg. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the director of Emtron Journey Arts anymore. Um, but when I came back from Hamburg in the Eastern Cape, uh, you know what I, what I found there was a style that they did on their faces, and I really loved it. Um, and just to ask myself, is that a Siskai thing? Is it that particular community? Are there different styles in different spaces? I don't know that. Um, and I would like to know. So I think it is important that we ask these questions because the, the country will just have to answer them or people around us will have to answer them. And I think mm. that's how we keep our heritage and our cultures alive. How important do you think it is for our cultures to keep track of the times and evolve as we do? I don't know so much about um, evolving, but I do think that they should keep with the times, and I think they do. You know, um, I, I think it's I think it's I think it's it's short-sighted not to use technology to our advantage to spread the word about who we are, um, and so in that sense, I think that we should we should uh, keep with the times in that sense. But I do also think that. You know, before cultures evolve, I don't know, evolve or change, mm. I think that there should be a lot of thinking and dialogue and communication that happens around why is it that we're moving into the space? Mm. Why is it that we are um, going to stop a particular practice? Uh, and in stopping it, are we banishing it to forget it? Or are we saying that we stopped at this time because we were in this time as a people and we want to move in this particular direction? And I think culture has evolved over the years. Um, I don't know how many practices that were practiced a million years ago still practice today. I mean, mm. we, we evolve as a people. But there are things that don't ever evolve, like the cooking of meat. <laughs> a- absolutely. And We're South all Africans have taken to that in a big way. Go together. But I do think, I, I was listening to SFM earlier, you know, and this whole dialogue about Bride Day and Heritage Day. Today is Heritage Day, South Africa. It's Heritage Day. If you choose to bry, if you choose to wear your cultural what what. That's your thing. That's fine. We're happy with it. Go and have a great time. But today, as a South African, it is Heritage Day. Mm. It is nothing else. It is Heritage Day. And if brying is part of our heritage, then we're brying. I will tell you, yesterday I was so upset. I was at a, at a pet shop buying food. And the two ladies selling me the food just could not bring themselves to say it's Heritage Day. And it became a divisive thing. 
that they just wouldn't say it. And I was saying, but why? I mean, I don't have a problem with that you're brying, but it's not bride day, it's heritage day. Mm. And as South Africans, I think collectively we have a responsibility to say, okay, this is our South Africa. This is where we are. Today is Heritage Day, but we have different things that we want to do on Heritage Day. And no one's going to stop anybody from doing that. But to try and um, find another name because your other ring, this South Africa that you happen to live in, actually, um, that I'm not happy with. So I don't mind what people are doing today. They can they can bry, they can mm. eat more pony worms, they can eat squirrels and prawns or whatever <laughs> they feel they must Like do. the team I had this morning. <laughs> But, 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 you know, and, and, and that's a good point that you make, because as I was asking, are we too hard on ourselves as South Africans when it comes to uh, commemorating significant days on our national calendar, like a Heritage Day? Is it really such a bad thing to bry in celebration it's not, of it's Heritage not a, Day? It's not a terrible thing and, and, and maybe we need to, you know, start having more of these conversations. Uh, Tosa Miletiana on Twitter says, I don't see what we are celebrating. We are just faking our cultures now. And, and, and I guess this is what it comes down to, where people are feeling, you know, a bit lost, sometimes a bit confused. And sometimes uh, those who are just, so judgmental about where we are and what we are doing with our cultures. Gogo Moyo, uh, uh, what would your response be to what uh, Tozamile is saying, saying that as it stands in 2014, all we are doing is faking our cultures? Um, I don't agree necessarily with that. I think those who feel that this is a waste of time or we're creating our own cultures are part of the people who are lost in our in our generation, to so to speak, because they their parents failed to preserve their culture so that they could pass it on to their children. For a person to say that they they don't have anything to celebrate, I mean, how many cultures, how many languages do we have in in our country? How can that all of a sudden disappear? You know, and we are the ones who are responsible. You know, our parents are the ones who are supposed to teach us that. For example, you're a girl at this age. This is what's expected of you. This is how you dress. This is how you speak to your elders. And all those things come with the lessons from our, from, from our parents. So for as long as we don't get that education from our parents, our grandparents, and our community as a whole, then that is how we we'll get to a point where people start believing that our cultures are made up. How is Kota and Peri and Sichuan are made up? That does not make any sense. Mm. And, and and of course, you know, there's also a tweet here that talks about our attire, how we dress. Lise, Lise says, um, it was only yesterday at work where I saw people wearing traditional uh, outfits. Heritage has gone, dec- heritage has gone decades ago. Uh, so we are so westernized right now. Again, is it such a bad thing that on this day, this one day of the year, people come dressed proudly so in what, you know, epitomizes who they are as a person, you know, speaks to who they are, where they come from, where they belong. Because I remember Tabile Mapanga here, and she was the only one yesterday in this entire newsroom who came here dressed beautifully in her Zulu attire. And she looked absolutely stunning. And everybody was on, Tabile, why are you dressed like that? And she said, because I want everybody to see me today. Because tomorrow there'll be no one here. So today I want you guys to see me. And I thought, wow, I actually thought, you know, I wish I had thought of doing that. She looked stunning.
and she was proud of her Zulu heritage and she wanted she to display be. that. And, and, and hence I'm asking Lisa, is that necessarily such a bad thing? But I want to go to the lines 0891-104-208. Let's speak to Rifilwe and Hendrina. Good morning, Rifilwe. It's Funani. Hi, Funani. <laughs> so sorry. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I think the first question we should be asking is not whether the heritage is supposed to change or that kind of phrasing you put. I think we're supposed to ask who is heritage, who drives culture. You see, the reality of the matter, I, I like Ulendo Umazwai. Whenever she argues, she puts this African culture, she puts the definitions first, whether this is heritage or it's Pride Day. Those who are dominant culture in our country, they define what should be culture, what should be heritage. Whether we like it or not, at the end of the day, those who are dominant culture will succeed, will end up with no heritage. Ask a question, what heritage are we referring to? We are always talking about the African heritage. If we say, is it moving with times? We're not asking about other people's heritages. And if we talk about moving, as a tosser, I must move to the other side. And there is no one who talks about the other side, whether they should meet me halfway or not. So I think those of us who are nothing will continue to be nothing, whitewashed, and until we are useless. Hold and on. that's what we are headed. Mm, I don't want you to go just yet, Funani. Hold on. Okay. Who is forcing you to conform to someone else's culture? You see, there are many things. You talk about the media that drives the discourse. You talk about the political will that is disappearing. You talk about, you see, media is the first weapon. When those who came to colonize us in our land colonized us, they used many institutions, their religions and so on. But media is always a beautiful weapon that is used against us because it shapes a discourse, it shapes our line of thinking, and we think along what is given before us. We have no choice. Umazwai, one time when she was in your studio in one of those channels, she was saying, there is no choice. You're given one thing and one thing only, and you have to take it because there's nothing else. That was the, the other problem. sister. That was Nziki. Uh, <laughs> we're speaking to the Norm Sanders. They, 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 the they, they look the same too. They are absolutely <laughs> lovely. And I love them. We agree on many things. <laughs> yes, clearly. Thank you so much, Funani. Sure, All right. Sure. But Funani raises a very, very important point, yes. uh, you know, about whose culture, the integration of cultures. How does that happen? Because, you know, let's just be real for a moment. When we look at the integration of cultures, how often do you see white people integrating parts of black culture into their evolution, as it were? It's, it's usually the other way around. It's always us taking on things from Western uh, uh, cultures. That depends on your context. And I think the point that Funani raised about the media is very important because the media in South Africa is is a, is a context that is created uh, for 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 ordinary South Africans. And unfortunately, our media is saturated with American uh, and European uh, content ideas. I mean, when you, the other day I was watching a, a TV. A, a network of stations, and I was just flipping through, and I was like, "When am I going to see something that I can actually relate to, um, and and something that that I can relate, relate to on a, on a deeper level than just that I understand English, mm. um, you know?" So that is a big thing. But I do want to say context is important, and I have met many South Africans. I don't, you know, I know that there are racial issues in South Africa, and I do. I when I see them, I talk about them, and I name them, and I point them out. But I'm a South African and I want to be an African and I have met many South Africans, white, black, colored, pink, blue. And 
there are South Africans who have made a decision to be South African. They speak a South African language. They speak Kosa. They speak Sutu. They speak Zulu. Their children go with the, the children of uh, the Kosas in that area. I mean, they, they're exposed to Kosa culture. They, the way that you're brought up, the context that you're brought mm. up in, which is why I say it's important that South Africans say it's Heritage Day so that they encourage their children to be exposed to South African heritage, the different, the different cultures that we have, to the South African identity, because we don't have one yet. We're going to have to make one together. I think that's a critical point. You see, we don't, we haven't yet forged a nation, in my estimation, in South Africa. We're still trying to. And, and, and with it will come that identity that says, you know, we are South African because this is who we are. I don't think we've got there yet. I think, we, I think we're getting close. We're getting close. I think, and, I think, and I think it's a collective effort. And I, I really think that, um, I, and I don't and single out a group, but I do think that white South Africans, because that's my interaction has been with white South Africans that are, that are refusing to be part of this new South Africa, you have to make the decision to be part of it. You have to expose your children to culture. In 10 years, it will be an advantage to know how to speak Zulu. So let your child learn Zulu. And the way that you let them learn Zulu is that you yourself break down that barrier between yourself and another human being. Um, so I really think that it's going to be a journey, but we mm. have to get there together. Absolutely. Uh, Gogo Moya, I'm going to come to you in just a sec. I want to take Rifilwe in Hendrina. Rifilwe, good morning. Hello, Rifilwe. Happy Heritage Day to you. And same to you. Um, i got a question. Before maybe we talk about uh, heritage, for lack of my understanding, what's the difference between heritage and then culture and religion? Because in certain instances, religion has become a culture or a tradition and vice versa, and then likewise with uh, tradition. And it becomes a problem because anybody who wants to speak about uh, tradition and heritage, to me, it, you're speaking of legacy. And you cannot speak of legacy unless you know where you're coming from. For example, most of us who call ourselves Africans do not know or understand a totem. A totem, Gastona, they'll call it or in Isizulu, they'll say Imbong uh, or something like that, mm. if I'm correct. Now, I'm, I'm a Motswana, and I really know um, what does my Sirato say, and what does it mean, and why did it come to being? Yet, um, maybe a suburban boy who grew up in Soweto and understand all these, I'll call, it, I'll call them uh, primary dynamics of calling yourself a particular person. Because mm-hmm. if you don't understand all these things, then what are you celebrating? Because you don't know who you are. I mean, when President Tabombegi spoke about uh, the, 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 the poem or rather the speech in Parliament, I'm an African, and, and he really explained where he came from as an African. So individually, where do we come from? They come from the Eastern Cape, from Venda, from in, 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 in Limpopo, or you come from uh, Bretz in Babong. Who are you? You know what I'm saying? You can't okay. just say just because you grew up in Sentin, therefore you are an African. I understand you are an African. I'm, I'm, I'm going to you? put you on hold because I have a question for you before I let you go. How do you know, how do you articulate who you are. What would someone have to say to convince you, Rifilwe, that they know who they are? The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 
Thank you so much, uh, Greg. And uh, getting back to the topic at hand on the forum at 8 this morning, our question is, have our cultures moved with the times? And uh, we have uh, in guests, in studio rather with us, our guest this morning, Ms. Norm Samazwai. And also joining us on the line is Goko Moyo. And uh, please, uh, we will read some of those SMSs coming through. I'll definitely make the time. But the lines are open, 891 And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love you to weigh in because I believe it is only through having dialogue and meaningful conversation, authentic conversations, that South Africa will get to where it needs to go. But let me come to Gogomoyo before I get Rifilwe to respond to the question I asked him. Uh, uh, Rifilwe was asking a question about um, heritage and legacy and, and Rifilwe says essentially that he doesn't understand how someone can uh, celebrate their heritage if they don't know who they are. Nomsa, let me come to you. You know, I think that was a that you know that's so it's so tricky. I don't know who I am right now. <laughs> you know, I think that's a life it's a life project figuring out mm. who you are. But I think it's so important when we have days like this and those kinds of questions are posed because we need those places where young people can go to figure that out. I think now, as a young person growing up, my parents always told me what is Duko Zamwe, you know, like my, my is Duko, you know. So, you know, and I know that. And in that story, I find, uh, you know, where do I come from? But, on, but, you know, but that was just them teaching me is Duko Zamwe. And then people would give me the rest of the inf- information. You know, if somebody would ask me, Ungumni, then did oh no, mommy, man, 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 man. and then this person who's just a normal person from the street to say, you know that this and that and this and that they more they're actually eager to give me information. Mm. So I think, I think it's it starts with a personal desire to know mm. more about yourself. And I think, and I don't know if I'm the to only what person. extent though. To what extent is this the equivalent of a family tree? Knowing who you are, where you come from. It's an extension of a family tree because I, you know, I know, I know, easy to go on. But on top of that, I've also been learning through my sister. I mean, if you listen to Tandi's song, um, um, Andy, I'm being there. I hope that's what it's called. <laughs> you know, I just listen to the song. <laughs> <laughs> but she talks about the Nguni people and Amakarang and where we came from and people migrating from, you know, West Africa and coming down and it's in the music, it's in the message that people give us and I think it's it's the media. Mm. He said it so well, the caller earlier. It's the media. The media does play we a big role. We need to communicate role. more about in what Who ultimately goes on. Absolutely. But it happens naturally. I mean, when Dr. Mandela mm. died, God bless his soul, God rest his soul. But when he died, there was so much that people learned about Kosa heritage and mm. where he came from. And that's not just him. Him, that's Omatiba. Bepelele. Mm. You know? So I think, I think it just goes in uh, the stories that we tell. Um, and if we tell more African stories, we're going to have to research more about our heritage and our culture and where do we come from and our history and how we got here. I think we're very focused on a very immediate history, which was like apartheid, but I think the we struggle need to look history, beyond that. Yeah. Yes, we need to look beyond the struggle history. Absolutely. Uh, Gogo Moyo, just uh, very quickly, uh, I was asking the question that uh, Funani, uh, that, that uh, Rifilwe was asking rather about tradition, um, heritage and legacy, saying that you need to know who you are before you can celebrate your heritage? Most definitely. Um, I mean, going back to one of the other questions that he had was the difference between culture and heritage. And heritage is inherited traditions, you know, monuments and objects. It's 
it's a range of contemporary activities, meaning meanings and behaviors that we that we draw from. You know, it's made up of practices and traditions in comparison to culture, which is the one that we're talking about in terms of knowing who you are before you can be able to celebrate yourself. And if uh, and as a person, you are your culture, you are your tradition. If you and if you do not realize, uh, if you do not realize that fact, then you are incapable of celebrating yourself. You know, you cannot be able to move forward as much as yes, you have technologies and all that stuff, but. As an individual yourself, what are you sharing with the next person about who you are as a mm. black South African man, as a Zulu man? Who but are you? What makes up you? What happens if you don't know? Let's look at a situation, and it's an unfortunate one that is part of our reality right now, where you, for example, have child-headed homes, where you have orphans, people if there was a family, they wouldn't be in the situation that they are in. So here you have these children who are growing up all by themselves. How are they supposed to know who they are, where they come from? Do we then say that they don't know who they are, even though they may be in a position to basically carve out a new identity for themselves? This goes back to the term of Ubuntu, where you realize you have to know who you are and a person like you cannot just be an individual on your own, but the people around you are actually who make you, you know. And it goes back also to the phrase where um, in a community, every child is my child, you know. I cannot just look at my own home and say whatever's happening out there in the world is no concern of mine. And, and all those house-headed, um, um, ch- yeah, children-headed homes, that's where your neighbor is supposed to come through and you should see that these people are, are, are struggling and what can I teach them even if I can't take out money from my pocket? As, as this, this young child that's raising um, her siblings, what can I teach her about being a young girl, about being a woman, about being a, a really young girl? You know, what other certain principles and, and, and let's say characteristics I can teach her that she can be able to, to raise herself and also be able to instill in her siblings, you know. So it's all about a community-based activity. It's, it's not an individual thing that can happen. As much as some, some children don't have parents, I mean, the ones, that, the ones that do have parents, what are the parents doing? Are they teaching them or rather buying them PSPs and, and buying them iPhones mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff in comparison to teaching them about being a responsible young black person? Huh? And well, those are can interesting just, can questions. Can I just add one thing to what Gogo was saying? I think that, that your points are so pertinent. And, but I wonder what would like to add to that is it's also about the curriculum in the schools and um, the content of that curriculum. And I think we have to develop our curricula in our schools as well to include this. Now, let me give you an example. When you're in a school in grade 0 or grade 1, you will read an example. Uh, I'm going to take my dog to the vet and this is what's going to happen. Um, and it's just a reading exercise, and it's, it's something that young people are doing. Young kids know about dogs and vets and all of that. How difficult is it to, instead of having that kind of a sentence, have, an, have a different sentence in like, I, uh, my brother is going through a circumcision or a traditional ceremony, mm-hmm. so that they, just in the content, not to, it's not something that you're guiding young people to be in a particular culture. But if we don't mind about them reading that about dogs and vets, I mean, in the rural areas, there are no vets. So that's completely irrelevant to that experience. Mm. But it's about developing the curriculum as well to encourage what, young people the to, question question to have then becomes, questions. why haven't we done so 
as yet. Why aren't we making more significant strides in that direction as we speak? If we talk about, um, you know, our indigenous knowledge systems, why aren't we making a greater effort to make sure that those start becoming, you know, mainstream avenues through which our children can learn about their culture, their identity, who they are at their very rudiments? Why are we not doing that? Unfortunately, you know, as South Africans, we're coming from a, a, a phase where we're dealing with bread and butter issues. I will say that. Ah. And where the government had to address really those issues. And when you're dealing with just making sure everybody gets to school, making sure that the systems are in place, you really don't have a lot of time to focus on the, the quality of what you're producing. And I think okay. we're moving into that phase of South Africans. I think, you know, one of the most important steps that happened in, in South African history was the separation of uh, uh, childhood development, education and higher education to split the difference. And I think that gives ministers time to focus on curriculum development. And it is happening. Uh, you know, mm. there's, there are organizations that are that are actively engaged in developing curricula to be more responsive to um, what what the kind of human beings that we want to create in the future. And I think South Africans must be optimistic, but be aware as well. I think, and, and before I go to the lines, I just want to say this. I think the problem we have in South Africa is when we use culture and heritage as uh, divisive tools. Yes. That for me is hugely problematic. The minute you want someone else to feel apologetic about who they are, I believe we have problems. Let's go back to the lines. <laughs> Rifilwe in Hendrina, uh, you were going to tell me what would someone say to convey to me that they know who they are? <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it's very important to sit down yeah. with a page and maybe if we can have some homework for all of us, take a page, just come up with a dinner, not connotational, but denotational meaning of religion, just tabulate it, mm-hmm. and then the denotational meaning of uh, uh, tradition, first of culture, and then of tradition, and then of religion, and just find the similarities that we can live with, because... Uh, culture, tradition, and religion shouldn't be, uh, however, it should be a lifestyle. Because what's happening today that we celebrate, we're saying Happy Heritage Day and it's Heritage Month, it's, it, 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 it's just an event. It's not a lifestyle. That's not how we live in our homes, whereby it's only once or when we go to that wedding called a traditional wedding that we dress in um, in traditional, so-called traditional clothes. And I say, uh, I, mm. say I say, I say, I say, uh, so-called traditional with respect and again with with so much speak english you know in my house my two boys go to a predominantly african speaking school and they speak english and my wife likes to speak to them in english whenever he reprimands them and stuff and i don't like them because they i don't like that because they are africa they are africans and my late grandmother used to say meaning i won't translate issues to children they need to understand what i'm saying to them so it's mm. very important that we start having a, a, a frank dialogue about these things. Like Absolutely. Steve Biko always, Steve Biko always spoke about black consciousness to say, let us be proud of who we are. I mean, it starts with the businesses of black like me. Why was it called black like me? I'm black and I'm proud. To say, I mean, uh, our women lately, they have extension. I'm not saying I've got a problem with that. I mean, they look fabulous with that. But there are women with their own African hair. They look very stunning. 
and we still want to converse in English like I'm doing now, whereby maybe I could have become much more uh, at, uh, better articulating myself in Setswana. Yeah, in but then but you wouldn't it, be able to speak to me because you and I would not understand each other. I'm not sure about and that, Sakina. No, I'm, I'm very sure, sure about that. it because okay, given... Let me, let, me put it this way. let me put it to you this way. In Soweto, when we grew up, I mean, there's different tribes. I'm, 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 I'm like the Tongas, the vendors, and so on. And because you would live in a particular society, you'd end up being linguistic. Whereas nowadays, young people who grew up in the suburbs are not linguistic. No, sure. And, and, and of, I'm not disputing of, that, Rifilwe. And, and this, is where, this is where I'm saying, and, and I'd like to comment one of your panelists who spoke about education system. To say the mm. education system, like, I mean, people in France, somebody would say, no, but English is, a, is, a, is an international language. I'll, I'll say it differ with you. No, fair I enough. Chinese, I fair enough. in China they don't speak English, but they get translators. And people in France and Russia, in France and Russia, and so on, they run economies of the world that don't speak English. And Fair so, enough. I mean, and, I, and, and I take that, Rifilwe. I'm going to let you go because otherwise uh, you'll be on for the whole show, and uh, the other listeners well, wouldn't come through. Uh, Rifilwe is correct. <laughs> However, the reality of the situation is that how many? Let me ask the question: How many of us understand uh, Chivenda, for example? If this conversation were taking place in Chitsonga or Chivenda, how many of us would be able to participate in it? And, and, and I'm not saying that this is enough of a reason or a good enough reason for us to actually, you know, promote English over and above every other language. But can we perhaps agree that right now it does serve a certain purpose? Should it change? Yes, it should. But for now, this is where we're at. And, of course, you are free to disagree with me. Christine in Durban, good morning. Hello, yep, Chris. Um, I'm, I'm based at the Durban University of Technology, the International Center of Nonviolence. And the thing is, um, as I'm listening, I'm, I mean, want to say uh, things about education and also about the role of white people in this. Um, I, I actually... I was just talking yesterday about Steve Biko, whom I, I knew as a student and interacted with. And in fact, one night he very kindly let me sleep in his room, and we uh, had a seminar at the residence he was at. But I, I think the issue of knowing who you are is is quite a complex one. And as I think Normsa said, I'm still trying to work out who I am. Mm. I think it's more a question of what processes do we put in place that enable people to, to start answering that question. And I think, say, for example, just to say to a white person, well, who are you really? Well, you know, what, what then defines us? You know, my, my English background, I don't think that quite answers the issue of being here now. So, and, and I think we, one of the obstacles is the way our education operates. It sort of privileges certain forms of knowledge, <clears throat> sorry, and not others. Um, and the way ahead, I think, in this is to use an African practice, um, an African tradition, and that is storytelling, because our stories are very, very complex. They involve both uh, tradition um, and what was passed down, but they also involve the creation of new ways of relating, new ways of understanding, new ways of using language. And I think the, there's such richness if we start really telling to our stories and listening to the stories of others. And this is one way I think that white people could 
could shift the way they relate to the rest of the population. Mm. Ah, you know, these lines, and they've been acting up all week. Apologies there, Kristen. I was very interested in what you were saying. Take that point. Chris Maxson on Twitter agrees with you, by the way, saying mm. the greatest treasure of transmitting history and heritage is storytelling and symbolism. Uh, social disintegration is the villain. Let's go to Liz, who's also in Durban. Good morning, Liz. Uh, morning, Sakina. Um, I just want to say I know who I am. I know I'm older than probably your panel there, but um, I grew up in northern KwaZulu-Natal. Um, I, I just want to say that we whites are always um, labeled with not knowing any culture. Well, I can say that my family and the people I grew up nearby and everyone that I knew knew a lot about the Zulu culture. A lot of us speak and spoke Zulu fluently. I don't speak it fluently, but a lot of them did. Nyakulumisi Zulumina too. And and I know a lot about the Zulu culture, the Zulu heritage, the, the kings and and um, all that sort of thing. Ukamba, Isihlogo, Umbenge, Pansi, all the things that were part of their um, their daily life, etc. Um, also, my granddaughter who's in grade R has learned this month about the flag, our flag our national bird, our national flower, our national animal, our national anthem. She knows it all. She's only six. She just turned six. Um, I just want to say that heritage is different. Things such as works of art, cultural achievements, and and customs, etc., that's what heritage is, our literary heritage. Now, I I read a lot. So my literary heritage comes from many countries. It's not just from from this country, mm. and also old buildings, old um, old sites, that, that's our heritage. We know a lot about it. We, 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 and, and the other thing is, Sakina, I don't want, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of English, but I don't eat an English breakfast. I don't buy because I'm a vegetarian. So I've moved away a bit in my culture. So I don't think we have to stick to to exactly what we were taught and how we were brought up. And also, you know, I don't want to sacrifice a good to my ancestors. So I think we must just realize, let people be who they are and just understand that they, we must just respect who they are mm. and, and what they are. I respect everyone's culture. I even respect the Indian's culture because it's in, in, in KwaZulu-Natal. Mm. A lot of Indian culture here and, and I... I, I, I I'm actually quite, you know, like their, their food. All right. Thank you so much, Liz, in Durban for sharing. Um, and and, and I, I concur with Liz that respect goes a long way. But I always say, how do you respect someone's culture if you don't know what it entails? How does that happen? Um, uh, this message here, in fact... Let me put it, uh, but, but it's important what Mags Naidu is saying. Mag says, if spoken language was the center of culture or heritage, then surely that excludes those who are deaf and dumb. So something for us to mull over whilst I go to another call and then I'll get the panel to respond. Hassan Logat, good morning. I, uh, I don't have a good story to tell, but uh, also, Sakina, I'm not here because I see everyone has to put the tribal and other badge to say who they represent. You know, I think part of the traditions that I lament in the last, uh, in the new democracy is that the missed opportunities, I mean, we had opportunities this past week to use public transport, and uh, Ria Vaya, for example, is one of them, 
where if there's an elevated, a good standard of public services, it gives the opportunities for those who are still trapped, as we are in our racial ghettos, to mix. So, you know, part of the opportunities, it wasn't just about delivering houses, how we delivered these. We've not managed to break some of the spatial uh, designations of apartheid. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of those kind of things. And when you see young people and others meet in public hospitals, you know, so that the discussion must, we must infuse class, we must infuse you know, wealth and those kind of things, because, you know, the lady who, who speaks is Zulu, like we had to tick it off now, she's got that covered, uh, and she happens to be white, so she gets another point. You know, quite clearly, in our areas, people are trapped in poverty, and the old patterns are reproduced. Our schools, I keep repeating this, in Indonesia, for example, are largely kids traveling from outside, so-called outside, mm. right? Why don't we discuss these issues? Because schools are the center of community life. The kids are not in Soweto schools or nearby schools, whatever. I really don't care which area. Ultimately, I want to have the discussion about how do we build new communities. Also, the new changes of identity. All of a sudden, many of us were very proud to call ourselves black because there was a proper identification with oppressed communities. The new assertion of identities of Indian and others are not necessarily progressive. The changes towards religion has made more people stupid rather than cleverer. You know, people are more sectarian. So there's that discussion to be held. Mm. But, of course, I want to commend you for having an all-women panel. <laughs> we try. We get it right every now and again, Hassan. Yeah, we're watching. <laughs> but most of the time, people always complain, and we are right with that. I think uh, it also keeps us on our toes and uh, making sure that we actually try and balance things as best we can. Thank you so much, Hassan Logan. And I'm loving what people are saying this morning. Really, really valuable contributions. But as I say, the only way is to be authentic whilst we are having these discussions. Tando MN says, what's the point of celebrating traditional costumes and rituals when we lack a social consciousness and we are materialistic? And I suspect there's a second part to this tweet that will follow. But, I mean, surely, uh, oh, there it is. It says, and we don't care for the environment. We don't care. We underappreciate, you know, um, a poor people and have leaders behaving as if they are recolonizing us. And then that also follows on what Mags was saying. But let me start with Coco Moyo on, um, you know, her views on what has been said. Um, Sakina, I actually have a, a question that I would like to pose um, to, the, to your listeners. And um, it's more about how the, also the white lady from Twitter and was talking about how she knows um, the stuff that she knows about the Zulis because of the area that she lives in. But then again, I also want to ask, what does she know about herself as a white South African? You know, it, it, it's very different to know what makes you, what makes up your culture in comparison to what's happening in your country in terms of other people's cultures, you know. And I, 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 without being offensive or anything, but I feel as if um, your, your Zulis, your Kosas, your Bedis, uh, and your Shonas end up knowing more about their cultures more than white people do because um, what is St. Patrick's Day and all your Thanksgiving and stuff like that? What are they about and all those kind of things? And how is it possible that you can get a white Sangoma? You know, how, what, what makes up a white Sangoma? You know, how is it possible in terms of knowing your culture, you'd know that I have a black influence, I have a Zulu influence and cultural influence. So even when I have my ancestors, that's who, that's who is, are the people that are guiding me. So in terms of white people, how do you find then that you have white Sangomas? Who are their ancestors? Who are mm. but, but but you see, and, and, and you said, I don't want to be offensive. And it's okay to be offensive in uh, the pursuit of knowledge, I mm. firmly believe. Um, 
as long as you are not being deliberately malicious and trying to bring yeah, people down, uh, you know, I, I'm okay with people being mm. offensive. It's a good question that you ask. But then I question the context uh, from which you are viewing this, uh, you know, yeah. asking that question of a white person. And I tell you why, because growing up in a so-called colored community, you know, growing up in that sort of environment, there are so many times when colored people feel slighted. They feel marginalized. They feel um, that they need to be apologetic about who they are. Colored people feel that they need to feel apologetic for speaking Afrikaans. Why? Because that's who you are. That's how you were brought up. The, that notion that colored people have no culture, where did that uh, arise from? When you talk about ancestors, does the fact that I... For example, do not, and I'm not saying I don't, but if I didn't believe in ancestors, does that make me less of a complete human being? Does that mean that I don't know who I am, where I come from? Just asking as well. Nomsa? Um, you know, I, you know, listening to this conversation, I, you know, I, I really want to affirm that I am a South African. I recognize other South Africans because... When 1994 happened, whether we liked it or not, people got up, they voted, and we agreed. So, yes, we have different social experiences, um, but I, I always shy away from saying, because I don't think there's a white culture, because whiteness is diverse. And I don't think there's a black culture, because blackness is diverse. Mm -hmm. um, but I do believe that we have where we come from. We have our heritage, we have our history, we have art. I like the point that was made we have art we have monuments we have structures and um, we have ways that we can look back at who we were and we have a decision that we can make today about who we want to be mm. and i want to be amongst other human beings in a space of respect where i can be who i want to be where i can where i can practice the cultures that i've practiced um you know in within reason as long as they don't affect other people um but that 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 I want to live in a space that where that is possible, and I think Heritage Day in South Africa is very important because it does force the media to to put a lot of natural hair on TV. <laughs> so, <laughs> put natural hair on TV, imibato on TV, you know, make people. No, I'm sorry, make, you won't get casted with, with your natural hair. <laughs> you won't get casted. Well, you know what. I will get casted. You know where I'm going to get casted? In a movie where? that the person who makes the movie understands the importance. I am not alone in this. I know a lot of passionate, proud uh, South Africans, Africans. I can get cast in a Nigerian movie any day. It's my choice whether I decide Nigerian movies are, be are better than Hollywood movies. And I make that but choice. Then again, because I can then identify with that space. Not all of it, but I... I'm creating the world that I want to live in. And the world that I want to live in is not the world where I want to imitate whiteness. Therefore, I, I, don't, I don't buy myself a weave. I don't celebrate uh, weave wearing. I do love Beyonce singing, but she won't see me tweeting and putting her picture on my Facebook because I don't want my Facebook followers oh. to see a weave. And that's the bottom line of it. But it's the choice of the world that you create. Aha, uh -huh. because is there anything wrong with a black woman deciding that she likes to wear a weave? Of course. It's, and no. if she decides, and it's an accessory. Listen, hair mm -hmm. is an accessory. It's your choice. What you yeah, put on your head. I like but that. But if you put a weave on your hair because you have deeper issues about not feeling beautiful as a black woman, I have a problem with that's that. Different. And therefore, mm -hmm. I commend Tiki when she does her rants on, on Twitter about the weave because I know 
know, for that girl who's wearing the weave because she does feel ugly, Ntiki's reminding her that you are beautiful. Um, mm. But I don't go out and tell women with weaves that they are not beautiful because they are. You're beautiful. It's an accessory. I like an that. Accessory. And I'm going to leave it there because that weave conversation needs to happen on another day. <laughs> Gogo Moyo and uh, Nom Samazwai, thank you so much for your time this morning to our guest. As always, you are absolutely fantastic and make the show what it is. And to the production team, thanks so much. And of course, we fed them today. So they're all very happy. And that's it for us uh, from us for today happy heritage day south africa make of it what you will we hope you have a good one